This show is brought to you by thegamecubeiscool.com. To find download links to our episodes, follow us on social media, or shop in our store, it's all there. Created by Mike Lane Studios. The GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Wow, Mike, what a lovely, uh, another lovely Christmas intro to the GameCube podcast. Wasn't that nice? Well, it's more like a holiday intro, Neil, because uh, it's Hanukkah. That's right. Or the start of Hanukkah, at least. Yeah, first day of Hanukkah today, the day that this episode goes live, December 10th, we'll be uh, celebrating, well, not us, but I mean, like, uh, the Jewish folk out there will be celebrating the first night of Hanukkah tonight. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I think it's the first night and the last night that are big ones. Yeah. And, so uh, I like that. I see. I, I think Christmas should also be split up, you know, just, just make it a full week. Yeah. Or like maybe peppered out throughout the year. Like maybe one, one day a month <laughs> is kind of like <laughs> 20 minutes every month. We're going to celebrate Christmas, really spread it out. I, I, I've always liked that about, uh, like, like Judaism, just how, I mean, my only touchstone of the Jewish faith is mostly through Seinfeld or Adam Sandler films when I was a kid. But, uh, I always thought Hanukkah was a really cool holiday because yeah, it's eight, it's eight days or eight nights and you get gifts every day and it seems really nice like with the candles and the the lights and i don't know seems like a really nice holiday to celebrate Mm -hmm. yeah and i I, someone actually asked me recently about why there's so many holidays in december or like late in the year in like the winter times Mm -hmm. i responded i was like well honestly uh, a lot of these holidays were just to like get through the year, like the like because right. this they the, they specifically uh, had a lot of these times, especially like the pagan rituals were always around the you know the mm-hmm. winter time, and it's like okay, let's just like lock down now. <laughs> yeah, let's get it all done in the in the winter months when there's nothing to do. There is that theory that Christmas or Jesus is supposed to be born or was born in May. I think was the month because. I don't know, just based on where the animals were sleeping and, and the time of year and just it's apparently not December 25th. But I mean, back then there was only 10 months, too, uh, because True. winter was just one month, which is one of my favorite things ever. That'd be nice if we could go back to that, please. Because <laughs> I mean, it's it makes sense, though, right? Because it's just like, oh, God, like this is bad. Let's just shut it down and uh, wait for it to be yeah. over. <laughs> Yeah, but now, I mean, that's not practical where we are because, I mean, in Canada, for us at least, I mean, it's winter from now until pretty much May. I mean, it, until you're, you're guaranteed of of nice weather at least sometime in May. Uh, April is still iffy. You can still get snow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, where we are in Toronto, Canada. And as people think that Canada has basically just igloos and uh, polar bears everywhere. Yeah, I, I wish we had. I've never seen a polar bear outside of the zoo. But no, it, it's, it's cold for – it's not a lie. I mean, like you could pretty much only swim outside for like – three months of the year i'm gonna say like june is fine august, july is fine august is fine september people are draining their pools in september yeah yeah i mean you, you kind of have to at that point mm-hmm. yeah pretty much it's the leaves are changing and we're getting into fall but uh i'll tell you about one place where it's always winter is in whoville mike uh you watched the grinch this week but not the original grinch and not the jim carrey grinch you watched the benedict cumberbatch grinch yes i did neil um you know it's okay. it's it's December time for some Christmas movies times for some holiday mm-hmm. movies and I of course want to watch the Polar Express which is what this episode is going to be about and before I mm-hmm. did that I watched the Grinch uh, the 2018 version as you said and uh, mm-hmm. I had seen it before but I wasn't really paying attention to when I watched it and so this time I actually paid attention and I gotta say I am not a fan I did not like that movie at all I didn't think I would like it when I saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to sound close, I never saw the actual movie. I've seen I've seen the original, the cartoon, and I've read the book, obviously. And then I lo- I actually love the Jim Carrey version. I know that that's a very divisive opinion, and much like the Die Hard, uh, the Die Hard opinion. If Die Hard is a Christmas film, obviously the Grinch is a Christmas film, and a lot of people don't like the Jim Carrey version. The purists out there think there's only one version of the Grinch, and that's the original animated film from what year was that made? You know, in the '60s, in the early '60s, yeah, it's and it's just like that animation is so well done. It's cool. And one it's of great. my one of my big issues with um, the 2018 Grinch. One mm-hmm. thing I actually, before I say that, one thing I will say is that I did like the music a lot. I think they did oh. a really good job. Uh, did Tyler, they add some new songs, like some new tracks? Yeah, they added some new tracks. Uh, Tyler okay. Creator did some original tracks, and uh, Danny Elfman, I believe, did the uh, did the music. So, and we love Danny Elfman, obviously. Of course. Um, so, yeah, they did a great job with the music, but everything else was not good at all. I think 
the animation was so it was illumination who made it which is minions despicable me yeah and it just felt like that kind of movie i'm not a fan of that animation that style i i know that it's like cookie cutter very it's cookie very cutter. cookie cutter like every movie bleeds into the same like it feels the same every movie you watch like secret life of pets i think they also do that one yeah it just feels too clean like every single movie yes. that they do is just like everything is polished everything is shiny there's no like grime i don't know there's something about the animation that's just too happy and creepy kind of like going back to the ribbit king game how it's just like everything in that world feels like it's going to kill me as soon as i turn around because it's just too happy everybody's a little too cheerful in those movies i 100 percent agree yeah and it's just like um a lot of unnecessary narrative in this the, i mean I, I get the original one is 30 minutes long but like yeah. and you have to expand it but there's just a lot of unnecessary stuff that they kind of threw in here and benedict cumberbatch who has like one of the best voices mm-hmm. uh and very recognizable they just had him as a normal American accent. They didn't even have him using his British accent. They, why is that the every time Benedict Cumberbatch is in a film, he's almost always he always has to fake an American accent. At least not every movie, but I mean, like in a lot of the movies that I've seen him in, obviously Doctor Strange is probably the one that most North Americans would know him for because of the Marvel films, and then he's in uh, Doc. Uh, not Doctor Who. Um, Sherlock. Sherlock, which is a great show. I've seen yeah. a couple episodes of that. Well, and he has a, his normal accent there. That is a great accent. He's got a great British accent. Yeah. I think he did his he had his regular British accent when he did Smog, right? In uh, the yes. Hobbit films. I can't so remember. you would think that but. he would be using that or at least some mm-hmm. variation on like a, a brooding Grinch. But he just yeah. talks like a normal person. And it, it completely takes you out of the movie. Because in the sixties, Boris Karlov, who did the um who did the voice, he was a mm-hmm. radio voice actor. Uh, and right. he played, uh, I know, Dracula and a lot of, you know, kind of things Horror like that. films and, and radio and he was, shows. And he was also a singer because he sang the uh, the songs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, and he's got such a great voice for that. And I know you don't have to obviously imitate him like perfectly and nor should you really imitate him, but like at least put your own spin on it. So it was different. Obviously, they gave him a little bit more of a backstory because they gave the Grinch a bit of a backstory in the 2000 Jim yes. Carrey version. They made him, they gave him like a childhood and then... Gave him a little bit more to work with with Cindy Lou Who. Um, so it was obviously they did something different than that, just in an animated version. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I bet if I bet in a couple of years when kids that saw it in 2018 grow up, they'll probably grow to have fond memories and nostalgia for it as well. So maybe we're just past that point. But I think just for me, I think it's it's just a simple, beautiful story that doesn't need dressing up. Yeah. You have to remember at the end of the day, the Grinch doesn't hate Christmas. He hates people. We can all <laughs> relate to that. We can definitely all relate to that. And I, I love when Brandon saw it and he was trying to sell me on the movie because I refused to see it and I yeah. still haven't seen it, obviously. But uh, yeah, he's like, Neil, this is the perfect movie for you because the Grinch is living out your best life of wanting to live alone on a mountain with a dog, <laughs> which is, I mean, not 100% true, but it is, it, at the time it was like, oh, wow, that does sound like me. I'd love to live, I'd love to live on a mountain with my dog, Chase, but uh <laughs> But I was, I think you were going to say this earlier, but I, I, I was happy to, to know because I thought this was an unpopular opinion that I didn't like the 2018 Grinch. Uh, most people did not. It has bad ratings. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's it? Did you have the Rotten Tomatoes open there? Or? Uh, I don't, but I saw that it gets about 2.5 out of 5 uh, for most or like two between 2.5 and 3. So not bad, but mediocre ratings, which I was like, okay, that's good. I'm glad yeah. I'm... <laughs> Christmas movies in general are pretty hit and miss. I mean, like they're, uh, other than the classic movies... Um... Like they're usually they come out and they typically don't have a great reception critically. I mean, no. Christmas movies never win Oscars. Obviously, it's a bit like comedies in that sense. I mean, there's obviously beloved ones. And I think that's a lot of nostalgia for a few of those movies. But some of them are literally great films. Like, like, like the original love, Grinch. Like the original Grinch. And like I love Jingle All the Way, but that is not a great movie. That's just <laughs> a fun movie that I watched as a kid and it has Arnold Schwarzenegger. But like Elf is is a modern day Yes. well done movie it's well directed mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's got a good cast it's yep. got like good lessons in it there's consequences you know good writing that's that's something that a lot of um children's and just just movies in general today are missing I and mean, you and i have talked about this a lot but are just like just consequences like yep. to actions we always leave uh, superhero films and just like, what was the death count of that movie? <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you like, like they destroy cities, cars are being flipped off of roads, buildings are literally crumbling. It's like when we saw Man of Steel, we walked out. It's like half that city's dead. <laughs> and Superman is like, I know that he wasn't considered a hero by the end of that movie, but still, like in all the Marvel films, like there's 
millions, even in the smaller Marvel films, like thousands of people die. <laughs> and I, Star Wars too. Like when you think about Star Wars movies, yeah. I mean, like they blow up the Death Star and it's all celebrated. But like there's probably tens of thousands of people on that ship. It's actually one but, of the things I really enjoy about The Boys. Uh, we're going to talk about this in our, our kind of year recap uh, episode. But um, right. uh, one of the things I really like about The Boys is that there are consequences to a lot of these superheroes' actions because it's supposed to be very much real life. I have a feeling we might get a bit of that with the – I have high hopes, which is a mistake, but I have high hopes for the <laughs> Batman movie coming out next year with Robert Pattinson. I'm really yeah, hoping that it's a bit more too. gritty. But, yeah. I mean, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy was really good, and that came close for a superhero film with just being grounded enough. I mean, yeah, I know what Dark Knight specifically, for sure, is, is the yes. closest I think we'll ever get to just a, a, a perfectly grounded superhero movie. Yeah, Batman Begins 2 had a really good – really good uh starting to the trilogy as well but we shall see i mean that's that's i'm sorry you had to start off your christmas uh movie marathons <laughs> with that but i i started off a little bit differently this weekend mm. uh i watched the festivus episode of seinfeld oh yes <laughs> yeah, that's the way i like to start my christmas holidays with the festivus episode of seinfeld i gotta watch it on december 23rd that's right that's when festivus is we will have to talk about that on the podcast we'll have to wish everyone a merry festivus of course of course put up your aluminum pole have your feats of strength tell everyone uh that you hate all the problems you have with them <laughs> it's a great great tradition indeed yeah so uh mike you, you mentioned that you wanted to talk a little bit about the guinness world book of records this week did you want to cover that as well i do and you're gonna probably be thinking neil why am i talking about the guinness world records yeah and... you just had like a little message here in your notes you're like guinness world book of records and i was like all right i have no way of weaving this into the conversation or <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go into it now. Well, I thought about Guinness World Records because uh, the Polar Express, which we will eventually get to on, on this show. That's all. It's the only game we're covering today. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it does have a Guinness World Record, which is it's the first movie that's entirely uh, motion captured. Oh, yes. Yeah. I did read about that when I was researching for the game. You know, I was wondering why did this happen? Like, who started Guinness uh, Records? Like, I, I, I'm assuming it's sponsored by the beer Guinness. But <laughs> I was wondering, you know, like, like where does it, where did this all start? And so it started in 1950. Wow. Uh, Sir Hugh Beaver, he was the managing director of Guinness Breweries. He okay. was uh, on a shooting party. Uh, they were going hunting, and uh, they he just missed a shot at I think a bird or uh, or something. And uh, then him and someone else were arguing over whether the golden plover or red grouse, I think those are the names, uh, is like the biggest or the fastest game bird in Europe. And he realized that this happens all the time in bars and people would be getting in fights over just random facts hmm. uh, that there. It's like, no, this this person did this. It's like, no, this person did this. All right. Outside. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wins a fight is right. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay, like there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and he kind of approached um, like a fact finding uh, firm to, to help him out and create uh, a one reference book that would that would kind of be the be all end all to some of these records. And that's kind of where it started. That's very interesting. I've seen my family week actually we don't collect Guinness World Book of Records books, but we just end up with the, like we get one every year at Christmas. We've been collecting them since 1999, I want to say. Wow. And yeah, we have, I guess we have almost 22 copies at least of that book now. We might even have 98, I can't remember. But I've I've seen older ones at libraries like from the 80s and they're, it, if, fans, if listeners don't know, the Guinness World Book of Records, it looks kind of like a yearbook almost of the year. It's all colored images and a bunch of, uh, like Mike said, world records of just you know, fastest person to run this and heaviest man to do that and whatnot. And yeah, it's like a, it's like a yearbook, very colorful, but the older versions are just kind of like this dictionary looking book of just lists of things that people have done. Because that's what it, that's what it was, right? Because you would go to the, you would have it, you would have them at the bar. That was Mm -hmm. the whole idea. So the bar, the bartender would go back, take out the book. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Okay. Yeah. That's the fastest man. That, there yep. you go. He's the strongest man. Here's how much he lifted. Here's where he lives. Yeah. All that. It's, that's really funny. I did not know that. The Guinness World almost reminds me of the older version of YouTube in review every year. You know, like YouTube does their video every at around New Year's. They'll put like, hey, here's the things that happened this year. That's what it feels like it was. And that's so funny. It's it's kind of a good observation, but it's weird. Like they're still around though. Like every year since apparently the fifties. That's crazy but um it does make a good gift at christmas time to just hey hey here's the guinness world book of records and it's a coffee table book so that works yeah no i uh i, I thought that was an an interesting uh, uh point to make about uh, uh about polar express to kind of lead into that 
Yeah, and now I mean like anytime you need to solve something in a bar, if you can't remember who an actor was in a movie or something, you just whip out your phone and you uh, you check it out on Google. Yeah, no more fights in that way, I guess. Just just fights over other things. Fights over other things. But something else, Mike, you may find on Google is www.thegamecubewascool.com. Come visit GameCubeWasCool.com. We got a shop and a Patreon. Come spend your money. Ooh, if you want. Good jingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's trademarked. Yeah. Oh, okay, good, great. So no one else can take, okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, Mike, you did a great job on our website there. Uh, Thank developed, you. designed, uh, everything by Mike Lane Studios, our very yeah. own. What a, cr- what a crazy coincidence that the designer has a sa- the same name as you. It's a pretty crazy coincidence to be wow. honest, but yeah, please, uh, check out our one-stop shop for all things GameCube. We have all our episodes are on there. Uh, all of our uh, all of the games that we cover are on there as well. And uh, and for each episode, we actually show which games we cover in each in each one to make it easy for listeners to figure out what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> uh, and we we of course have our shop that uh, that Neil has mentioned before. And we have a couple other things on there too. We got uh, a little about a section talking about uh, Neil and I and uh, showing very recent pictures of us. Yes, very recent. We uh, <laughs> we look like that now. <laughs> and of course, we have a news section uh, and article section that we're really excited to start promoting. Uh, Neil especially has been writing a couple of articles just about gaming in general and uh, as well as some GameCube related news. So we're we're excited to keep that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's not much GameCube news in 2020. <laughs> so uh, so we're just going to be writing articles just a little bit about the uh, games that we discover and maybe something about them that we found interesting. Just a couple paragraphs. We know that not everybody out there wants to read 30,000 words about Darkened Sky or something. So just, you know, if you want to pop in, read a couple paragraphs. I also like to read or write a couple things every so often about just gaming tips for collectors or um, you know, gaming as a hobby, because um, mm-hmm. obviously there's more consoles out there than the GameCube. Mike and I both play those consoles, and uh, we, we'd like to just talk about gaming in general as well. Sort of like a blog, but we're not going to call it that. We're calling it articles. Yeah. Um, there won't be any specific schedule with that. It'll kind of just be whenever we feel like writing something. Um, so check back every so often. We'll try and make sure everybody hears about it whenever we do write something. And uh, yeah, there's also, as Mike said, we have a little Patreon set up there. There's no tiers yet. It's just kind of, uh, you know, if you feel like throwing us a couple bucks, go for it. If not, um, totally cool. We do appreciate your support by downloading the show and sharing the show with your friends, as we say every week. Um, And then, yeah, the store is there as well. So it's all there in one spot. TheGameCubeWasCool.com. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Check it out today. Check it out right now, and then you can come back and listen to us. Um, Mike, do we have any fan mail this week? I think uh, it was a busy week on the socials. Do you have anything for me there? It was a busy week, Neil, so let's go to our mailbag. Mailbag. Okay, first off, we have uh, coming from Jason G. from London, Ontario. He says, the podcast is really good. I like it. Annoyingly, though, it's making me want to go buy a GameCube again. <laughs> <laughs> like in, like the GameCube, the console? Did Jason get rid of his console? Uh, so Jason actually, well, he's going to come on for, for, for episodes at some point, okay. but, uh, but Jason actually, uh, had a neighbor who had a GameCube and he had a PS2 and so they would go back and forth to each other's houses Okay, perfect. <laughs> and, and, and play them. So uh, I think, I, I think a lot of people are like that, to be honest. Um, oh, so yeah. it's uh, that was, that was a funny one. He's also, uh, he, he said he was dying, uh, when, uh, you said what a nice young man on one oh, of the good. episodes. Good, good. Yeah. I like that little segment. I think a lot of people are coming on just so I can, just so they can hear me say what a nice young man after they've left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a couple of uh of people who had us as their top podcast of the year for Spotify Wrapped, which came mm-hmm. out recently. Yep. Um, I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, the GameCube was cool. Was my top podcast of the year. It was also my friend Ryan M's uh, from Toronto, Ontario, uh, and he was very excited that uh, it was number one, and so was I. Yeah, I'm thrilled to see that people are listening to the show. That's a good sign. It means that uh, we're doing something good out there. So thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one more here, Neil. Okay. Uh, this this comes this review is on Apple Podcasts, and it's from oh my god, Neil. Uh, B B H S I D. There's no vowels in here. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not gonna. It's like a, a 14 letter word. So. Oh, but, don't even bother. Okay. Thanks for the anyway, support. <laughs> anyways, they gave us five stars, and they Ooh. said so good. This is the best GameCube podcast and the best gaming podcast I have ever listened to. Whoa. And I've been listening since June. I've mm. listened to every episode since. Keep up the good work. By the way, I can't wait for the Mario Kart Double Dash episode. 
We can't wait. Who said we're covering? Who said we're covering Double Dash? (laughs) (laughs) That's the one we don't do. Yeah, I think of the 555, that's the one to leave out. It's the worst game. So I don't think anyone's played it. No, it's unplayable. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say we can't say that seriously. We love Double Dash. (laughs) We absolutely adore Double Dash. Thank you so much, uh, listener. From that's from uh, that's from the American side. Mm -hmm, That's from the American side. From I really hope that that's not their name and we're just butchering it right now. That would feel really bad. <laughs> if, once you see the name, you'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah. DM us on on Instagram if, uh, <laughs> if you're listening and uh, let us know your real name so we can read it. I have one uh, from Instagram, actually, from uh, – they go by Ledge-Logan. Actually, Ledge-Logan was the, the listener who asked if we would be doing an episode dedicated to the Polar Express. And originally, we were going to do the Polar Express, I think, as a movie tie-in. Mm-hmm. But we decided, hey, let's make an entire episode out of it. But anyway, he also uh, left a comment uh, for us this week. Uh, it's a long one, but I'm going to read it anyway. He says, I love how you guys put GameCube in very small print after number one podcast on the website. Website looks amazing, and I can't wait for the Discord so I can play some Melee with the guys that came on today's episode to talk about free Melee. That was Dan. He's that was Dan, Dan, friend of the show. He's, of course, talking about Dan from last week's episode. He, uh, Ledge-Logan says, I heard where you guys talked about how much it meant to hear that you like to make listeners day, and I wanted to let you know I feel the same way. I listen to three podcasts regularly that make my work week easier. One Mondays, one Tuesdays, and you guys on Thursday. Ooh, we're the Thursday podcast. Yeah, we got Thursday locked down. And uh, he says, I found out about you guys because uh, one of you posted in the GameCube Enthusiast Facebook group. Oh, very yeah. cool. And I've been hooked ever since. Especially loved the Melee episode. So thank you guys for making people's days or weeks better. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love I love hearing um, I love hearing support like that. And uh, yeah, no, uh, we're, we're glad we can have uh, some some part of that joy in someone's life and uh yeah. and help them get through a night shift or whatever they're trying to get through or just menial work you know i'll listen to our own <laughs> podcast sometimes <laughs> if i'm trying to get through some stuff so will i it's kind of weird when you're like going for a walk or working and you're listening to yourself talk i, I can only I, I it's funny i i i have a hard time listening to myself when you edit me oh uh and because because i haven't heard myself back enough Mm, on that episode you know what i'm saying so like when i listen to the episode that i've edited i've already heard all the the stupid stuff i've said i've I've deleted (laughs) all that stuff i'm good right so okay (laughs) yeah yeah you're not not ready when i edit it i understand completely (laughs) it is weird yeah we do try and switch back and forth with editing so let's get into this week's episode mike we have episode 30 of the gamecube is cool podcast new episodes every thursday on apple Podcasts, spotify and all the other podcast services if you haven't already take a moment to subscribe to us wherever you hear us so you don't miss an episode we are the number one gamecube podcast on the internet we're here to look back on all 555 north american gamecube games one by one sometimes 12 by 12 visit the where you can find our social media channels episodes available to download leave us reviews and ratings and explore our lovely store christmas is right around the corner and we think your cousin's phone would look great in one of our cases with our logo on it the website was developed by our very own mike lane that's me that's you last week we covered 10 movie tie-in games from 2001 to 2002 such as rocky reign of fire scorpion king and tarzan check it out if you haven't already this week we're covering christmas games on the gamecube uh there's one the polar express (laughs) so we're going to be talking about that game and as well as christmas games on other consoles that we have memories or knowledge of (laughs) So, Mike, the Polar Express was released on November 2nd, 2004. It's developed by Blue Tongue Entertainment, published by THQ. It's also on Game Boy Advance, PlayStation 2, and Windows PC. Rates about 1 out of 5. It's priced at about $10 today, and it would be considered an action-adventure game. Yep. You and I don't really have much experience with the Polar Express GameCube game, but uh, we do have a bit of a history with the, uh, what would you call it? Not a franchise, but the... Uh, the IP? <laughs> yeah, the IP. Yeah. Sure. So I, th- I think obvi- obviously in order to talk about the game, we have to talk about the Polar Express in general, the book, the movie, and obviously the game. So let's start with the book, Neil. Okay. Um, and so I know that a lot of people have memories of, you know, having the book read to them or reading the book with their families every Christmas. Is, is this something that you did? It is. Yeah. Every Christmas Eve, actually, my family and I would, we'd have dinner, we'd play a game, and then we'd all... Before bed, we'd sit around and one of us would read the Polar Express to the rest of the family. We did that for a few years and eventually we obviously stopped, but it was just part of our routine on Christmas Eve. And it's such a great story. It's very short. It's only like 30 pages. Published in 1985, so us being – all my siblings being late 80s and early 90s kids, we – 
that's right in our uh, general generation. And yeah, just it, we just read it every year and we knew how it was going to end. And I don't know, it's just a great little story about a boy who's, you know, kind of struggling with believing in Santa and the whole Christmas thing anymore. And this random train comes by his house, picks him up, takes him to the North Pole, and uh, he gets to meet Santa. And it's just a nice little warm story. It just warms your heart on Christmas Eve. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I, I And I know a lot of people who had a similar experience as you who had the book read to them or were reading it, uh, yeah, usually around Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I think my parents would read me The Night Before Christmas, uh, fittingly. Yep. On, uh, <laughs> and we used to watch... Uh, we used to watch uh, what's that? Like a Christmas Carol, the old A Christmas Carol from like the forties. Okay. Uh, because my mom really liked that one, mm-hmm. and sometimes we would obviously watch um Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which right. is a fantastic movie. Another classic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I never went, read this book as a kid. I really only uh like was exposed to it when the movie came out, and I remember seeing this movie in theaters. My dad actually really wanted to see it. For whatever reason, uh, I, 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 it's funny what you remember, right? I just vividly remember him being excited about it. I think because he likes new technology. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I think he was excited about seeing like the motion capture because mm-hmm. at the time, this movie, I guess now we're just diving into the movie, but now <laughs> sure. like this movie at the time was, was crazy for, for its, uh, its animation. Like people were blown mm-hmm. away. Again, yeah. Early 2000s computer animated movies were not as popular or as mainstream as they are now so yes we got one every like pixar films now like this year we're getting two pixar movies this year yeah that was not the case at one point we got pixar films every two or three years yeah if that yeah if that and that was considered like the pinnacle of animation was pixar and then this movie comes out of nowhere in 2004 being a completely cg almost like a video game how they do mocap on uh on actors and stuntmen to do video game movements in game and yeah, I know what you're saying. I think who was it? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is in this film. So yeah, he he plays hit. he plays like a ton of different characters. It's basically all him and then a couple yeah. of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And they'll put him in different roles. They give him they age him up. They give him a beard. So I can see why your dad, being like kind of a movie techie guy, would have would have liked to have seen this because that was a selling feature to the movie. Not so much that it was based on the book. I think people would have seen anything as long as it had that tech behind it. Um, Agreed. It, and and watching it. Um, this week to kind of get prepared, it, it really felt like a tech demo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, it, it, yeah. that's that's because there was a lot of really cool scenes and really well animated scenes that that hold up today. I'd say the the the, the people themselves watching it again now are rough for sure because like you said it looks like a video game mm-hmm. uh, but the other scenes especially the environment scenes are way ahead of anything else that was that was being being put out at the time right uh, I'm thinking specifically of the scene where the kid loses his like the ticket for mm-hmm. the uh for the for the polar express and it kind of goes flying off and you kind of see its entire journey it's about a three minute scene Oh, wow. And it's it's a really well done uh, shot, and it's again completely digitally animated, uh, but it looks super real. And for the time, I was I was really impressed. Yeah, it must have. I don't know what animation. I don't know the first thing about movie animation. We I I watched. I love the traditionally animated films, and I also have a soft spot for the newly animated films for different mm-hmm. reasons. I love hand drawn animation personally, like a, like a, the old Disney films or like a game like Cuphead. It just hits me right in the heart, and I love those games so much or movies, whatever yeah. cartoons so much. But this movie, I mean, being such a way ahead of its time, it cost one hundred and sixty five million dollars. That was its budget to make, which in is 2004. a huge amount for that's a uh, lot of money. Movie. Yes, that is a lot of money. And it grossed three hundred and eleven dollars million dollars worldwide. Yeah, so, so. Ma- made its money back almost two two times its money back, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty good. Yeah, uh, doesn't count DVD sales, VHS. I guess there would have been VHS copies of this made back in the day <laughs> yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of money for an animated film, one sixty five. And the production company of that animated film, Neil, uh, you obviously will know them is a Castle Rock Entertainment. Ooh, Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld, yes. it's Rob Reiner's um, production company. Anything I can get tied to Seinfeld, I enjoy. And it's directed <laughs> by Robert Zemeckis, who yes, uh, of course. a lot of movie fans would know him. A, a lot of Tom Hanks films, actually, like Forrest Gump, Castaway, and then the Back to the Future trilogy as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Robert Zemeckis is definitely that 80s, 90s, <laughs> like that, that him and Spielberg, I would yep. say, are the two biggest directors of the 80s and 90s. 
Yeah, so this this book, I mean, an amazing book published in 1985, sold a million copies by 1989, had a relatively successful film in 2004. And then, of course, it was, as we're going to talk about today, was then made into a game as well. Um, and it was made by Blue Tongue Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit about them, because we haven't heard their name no. pop up yet. I don't think we will again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're an Australian video game developer founded in 1995, acquired by THQ in 2017. Sorry. November 17th, 2004, which is 15 days after the Polar Express came out. Um, oh, So it got acquired by uh, THQ right after the movie came out. Uh, they're also known for a very popular Wii game called De Blob. Yes, yes, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, De Blob and De Blob 2, kind of like a puzzle platformer with paint, very colorful. I, I, I've looked at gameplay and it kind of reminds me of something like Super Mario Sunshine mixed with uh, Splatoon. Gets like eights and nines. So if you're looking for a Wii game and you missed De Blob, maybe try and check that, that out. Um, but anyway, uh, going back to the Polar Express game, it's a very short experience. I've looked up long plays of it on YouTube and it's only three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, very short. It's very short. And I got to say, it's it's strange. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, Scrooge is the villain and yeah. he puppet Scrooge, I should say. And puppet mm-hmm. Scrooge appears like for like three seconds yeah. Uh, in the in the film and for whatever reason he's the villain here. Uh also one thing I want to say before I forget is the when I was watching it I couldn't think of uh there's one the boy the know-it-all boy. Uh the really just the really uh his voice is really annoying. He's got that Yeah, that he's voice. got he's got that vo- yeah, exactly. He's got that like very nasally very partic- nasally voice and I was like yeah. where do I know him from? Uh I know him from I think Angela Anaconda. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I forget who I forget his name. Like I forget the uh, the character's name. But yeah, I just like recognize that instantly. Uh, I think from Dexter's Lab too. Uh, I think he was in not as Dexter, obviously. But no, no, no. Yeah, as Dexter's <laughs> friend. I can picture the voice being in almost every early two thousands, late nineties cartoon and show. Just being the the know it all kid on the schoolyard, like the one that everybody hates, but he's always he never goes <laughs> away. <laughs> Great, great voice actor. So, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I know, very, very, like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, where do I know that voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the game is interesting, though, like you said. I mean, it is short. It's only three hours long. So I don't think this would have been a full-priced game. It probably came out for, like, 20 I hope bucks. so. <laughs> I, I really hope it wasn't a $60 game. That would have been very disappointing. It's broken down into six small chapters. You play as the young boy, the protagonist boy in, in the, the book and the movie. And you get to explore parts of the train on the Polar Express, as well as bits and pieces of the North Pole, which in the book, they hardly, the kids ever explore the North Pole. You pretty much arrive at the North Pole and then Santa appears Same in the movie. The and, movie. Yeah. So in the game, they, they explored it a little bit more, um, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. you got to explore the North Pole if you're going to be going there. I was looking up like the levels and yeah, they're pretty generic puzzle platformers for kids. This is obviously a kid's game. Yep. There were a few interesting looking levels, um, mainly like ones that were on rails. Like there's a tube sliding level, which looked kind of fun. Yep. And then there's a level when you're going down a hill and kind of like a streetcar avoiding things. Th- those levels are always pretty, pretty basic and fun. Anything on rails is almost always going to be at least good. <laughs> yeah, I saw there's a, a level where you're skiing. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess yeah, they're just out of the 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 train now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, that that train is gonna have so many injuries and so many lawsuits. There's no way. <laughs> it's just picking up kids at random in the middle of the night. There's no right? way. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's some random levels there thrown in there too. There's one where it's kind of like a dance off with the waiter. I don't know what was going on there, but you have to like, you know, press left, left, right, up, down, right, and then you match the pattern to do yep. a dance move. I was going to bring that up because there's also a dance off with the the engineer okay. uh, uh, as well. And so like they're not not dance off, but it's like you have to do the same moves to fix the the engine, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a lot of stretching in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's a very interesting game. Like you said, I was getting also vibes of um, the series of unfortunate events game watching. Me too. Me too. That uh, I'm, I'm glad that you also uh, thought the same thing. That was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, it just looked like that. I again, that's a game you've played, and it's from yeah. around the same time. I think that that movie came out in two thousand and four, two thousand five as well. Yep. yep. So maybe we'll hear about the this Australian blue tongue developer uh, again with them. Maybe they developed the same game <laughs> twice. But yeah, they're both kind of that creepy, creepy animation where it's that you know the characters are trying to be like from the movie, and it's just they don't look right (laughs) unfortunately and then the boss fights are fairly actually kind of creepy the boss fights because you have to fight a giant this the scrooge marionette puppet yeah which that that boss fight was kind of neat but 
it's during the boss fights there's no real like grandiose music playing it's no just, which is too bad because the music in polar express is actually really really good i i don't know why they couldn't use it for the game or maybe they did it was just quieted down but for the most <laughs> part you just hear the kids you know yelling the same four lines to each other over and over over and over again saying like you know be careful or ouch and uh, it got kind of annoying to listen to <laughs> Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is uh, this game uh, contained iToy support. Do you know the, for the uh, PS2. What the iToy is? Yeah, oh, that's a PS2. PlayStation 2 peripheral, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's like a, a webcam, mm-hmm. uh, basically, that I think you could do that with Tony Hawk. There was a Tony Hawk game. I think it was Tony Hawk. It might have been Underground or Shred. I can't remember which one, but the iToy was a huge deal on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Obviously, that's a fan base that, Mike, you and I aren't as familiar with, but those were hard to find. And yes. it, it was a very uh, gimmicky way to play games. Just in that era, just before the Wii, you know, everyone was really starting to get into the whole motion control and, and webcams, and it was just that whole tech transition going into very digital and yeah, this was just a webcam you could set up, hook it up to your PlayStation 2, and then interact with the game, in this case, the Polar Express. I played it at a friend's house once, and it was sort of like a DDR game where you had to like punch things on the screen. Yeah. Very strange. Those games don't exist anymore. It kind of died with the Kinect. But did you watch any gameplay of the Polar Express on PS2 with the iToy? I didn't. I just thought this was, uh, that was interesting to bring up, the fact that mm. the iToy exists. I, I completely forgot about it until right now. <laughs> I would have loved something like that with the GameCube, though. Like... Yeah, I mean, uh, well, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this in another episode, but there was a lot of motion censoring that that got created for the GameCube that was never used and obviously eventually got used for the Wii. Right, because the Wii, I guess we're going to talk about that now. The Wii was supposed to be an add-on to the GameCube at one point. It started off, the idea of the Wii was supposed to be a peripheral for the GameCube, but then they said, oh, let's make an entire console based on this. In a nutshell, (laughs) that's how the Wii was made. But um... (laughs) Back to Polar Express. uh... Sure here i i do have something uh something pretty fun here so neil there is a polar express not video game but for the film there's a polar express drinking game (laughs) okay (laughs) which is i'm excited now what's this yeah so okay so take a sip of your drink whenever uh anyone says the name of the train (laughs) oh god so every anytime the polar express is said that's that's a lot that's a lot of drinking okay um every time a golden ticket gets punched (laughs) <laughs> every every time someone almost falls off the train okay i guess that happens a lot again like this train is just a lawsuit waiting to happen <laughs> every time someone boards or leaves the train uh every time the hobo offers someone a cup of joe <laughs> <laughs> okay. every, t- every time a song starts up and, or you hear a christmas jingle in the background which okay. is the entire movie yep so you're just drinking the entire time this movie. <laughs> every time you hear the train horn go off Okay. Uh, every time the conductor checks his pocket watch or states how long until midnight. Mm, okay. uh, and my favorite here is uh, chug for as long as the train is going downhill. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> that drinking game would kill people. <laughs> and of course, finish your drink when you can finally see Santa Claus for the first time. Nice. Okay, that's good. Does does Tom Hanks play Santa in this movie? I'm guessing he does. I think I think he does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I just realized this. So obviously, I found this on a website, and um, and when they have the line "Finish your drink when you can finally see Santa Claus," they spelt Santa Claus, uh, C L A U S E. So like mm. the Tim Allen <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that definitely ruined people's uh, way of spelling Santa Claus. That's a good Christmas movie. I like that one. I was thinking that in the shower the other day. Shower thoughts with Mike and Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Join uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, man, like, I wonder what the board meeting was like when they were trying to name the Santa Claus. And they're like, should we like, what should we name it? You know? And someone's like, OK, guys, I have a good idea. <laughs> what if we call it? End your work days early. <laughs> <laughs> what if mm-hmm. we call it the Santa Claus? As in, like, a clause in a contract? He's like, let me get out a whiteboard and show you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I just, like, think of someone being like, well, uh, won't kids be confused th- uh, about that? And they'll now start spelling Santa Claus with an E? And Yes. And I guess they, I guess it, they did. <laughs> it happened to me. I spelled Santa Claus wrong for a few years after I'm that. I'm pretty sure I did, too, for sure. because yeah, I had the VHS version of Santa Claus spelled, like you said, the legal document version of clause. Yeah. And then it's like... I probably spelled it wrong on my letters to Santa as a kid. It wasn't until I had word to be like Santa Claus. It's like, that's spelled wrong. It's like, what? 
I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I spelt Santa Claus with a K for a lot of my life. Oh, okay. That might have been from like a horror film, though. <laughs> like like Krampus? Like Krampus, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, are, are, you re- oh. are you referencing Krampus? Ooh, Krampus. <laughs> I haven't seen I remember the trailers for that movie. It was like, Is man, there this... a Krampus game? Ooh, good question. Are you looking it up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. If there, if that came out during the GameCube generation, there would have been. Uh, it's on Krampus's home is on Steam. Mm. Uh, so it's uh, okay. it's a Krampus horror game made by Regal Studios, released date twenty nineteen. That twenty nineteen? Oh, the game, the game. Sorry. Yeah, the game. This is not mm. a real. This is not a real game. <laughs> is it a match four puzzle game? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the, the the trailer is really funny because they're just using like footage from the game. It looks like a VR game actually. Oh okay, I remember when. I remember when Krampus came out and the the trailers, because I guess I was watching TV a lot for some reason. I guess the Leafs were in playoff spot or something. And uh, I just remember the Krampus trailer coming every commercial break. It's like, <laughs> man, they are pumping a lot of marketing into this movie that is going to bomb. <laughs> it's like it's like the uh, the Terminator movie. I'm going hunting. Hunting. Yeah, that and <laughs> Top Gun 2. I think I've seen the most trailers for those two movies in the last five years. It's annoyingly, I still need to see Terminator 6 or whatever the hell it was. Uh, well, Neil, is that all you have for the Polar Express? That's all I have for the Polar Express, Mike. Would you like me to read the back of the case before we move on to other Christmas games that you and I have memories of? I think it's time. Well, I don't have any memories of these games, but <laughs> I think oh. it's time for you to move on to the back of the case. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. All aboard! Climb aboard the Polar Express, a magical train on a journey to the North Pole. Encounter memorable characters from the film as you race across train tops, ride one-way trail cars, and sort through mountains of presence. It's an adventure you'll never forget. Uh, the Polar Express is also a real thing, by the way. Like the there is a Polar Express, like a train. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, does yeah. not go to the North Pole, but uh, it goes to Churchill, Manitoba, hmm. which nice is spot. the polar bear capital of the world. Fair enough. That's basically the Polar Express. Then is it like supposed to be the Polar Express steam engine or is it just a... No, I think it's just a a train. A commuter train. (laughs) (laughs) Some bull bull crap version of the Polar Express. I I think it's just because I think it's technically the Polar Bear Express, which uh, would make more sense. They spelled polar with an E, just like Santa (laughs) Claus, to avoid lawsuits. (laughs) All right, Mike, let's let's move on to a few Christmas games before we uh, close out this episode. Since this Mm -hmm. is the Christmas episode and we only have one GameCube game to talk about, we figured we'd pad it out a bit with a few Christmas games that you and I have come across or perhaps played in our years of life. Did you want to start off? Did you want to maybe go you name a game, I name a game until we're done? Yeah, Yeah, I I like that. I got five games listed here, so I don't know how many you have. I I got a bunch, but yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, Maybe we have some repeats. I don't know. One of the games that I know and I have played once before is the Home Alone game on Sega oh. Genesis. Oh, geez. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that came out in 91 uh, with Home Alone. Nice. And um, obviously Home Alone is is a big part of, of Christmas. You and I uh, talked about this last episode, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a Christmas movie. I'm sorry, Neil. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> Donald Trump is in the third one, by the way. <laughs> I know. Uh, or two, the second one? I think he's in the second one. Second one? Okay, yeah, maybe it's the second one. You know, you're right. Second one, third one yeah. is not Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, the the Home Alone Sega Genesis one is actually pretty good. You get to kind of relive the entire adventure. You're just like setting up some, you're setting up a lot of traps. That's most of what it is. Is it like a 3D platformer? Uh, <sighs> I think it's. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's a top down. But oh. I could be wrong. I, I actually, I should, I should have gotten footage up to to watch it. That would actually be a really good idea. I don't know if you know the game Goof Troop, but that's like a two, that's like a two player uh, Link to the Past game with okay. Goofy and his nephew. Um, oh, Max. Max, that's right. Yeah, it's a really it's a really hidden gem on the Super Nintendo. I think the Game Grumps played it, and then it spiked in price off after that. Yeah. But yeah, John and I were talking about that a couple of years ago, picking it up and playing it together. But we never did. <laughs> I think it's a fairly short experience, but that would have been a really cool game because you need to do like puzzle solving elements with your friend and. You know, you're you're solving puzzles, moving blocks around. That would have been a fun idea to do with Home Alone, but I guess you'd only have one player. Hmm. Okay, so never mind. It is it is uh, it's a it's a side scroller. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, uh, but I mean, like you're going through. So you're going through your house, but you're also trying to save all the other houses on the in the in the neighborhood. 
from sense. all these robbers. Okay. Uh, just a lot of them today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's it's actually like it looks really good. Uh, I I'm looking at it now uh, just to kind of remember what this game is. Uh, but yeah, I was actually really impressed with the art style. They did a really nice job of like recreating the the rooms and the house. Yeah, the Genesis was a pretty powerful console for its time. Uh, I think it might have been. It was faster than the Super Nintendo, so there's that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's got some good pre-rendered backgrounds in those games and whatnot. So, but yeah, Home Alone cool. 1991. Okay. Uh, that was uh, developed by Bethesda. Also, wow. I should, yeah, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> Maybe they'll go back to making Home Alone games. Take a break from Fallout for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have on my list here the Nightmare Before Christmas, the video game. Um, specifically the Game Boy Advance version, actually. Okay. There was a console version, a 3D hack and slash game. Uh, I don't have the developers for this. This is going to be very just off the cuff. Um, yeah, sure. Facts, but so the the console version, not on GameCube, and I'm still salty about it. <laughs> it's like a hack and slash version, kind of like God of War, where you're Jack Skellington, you have like a weird whip, and you're fighting ghouls and zombies and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Game Boy Advance version is a very neat game. I played this on GameCube, actually, because of my Game Boy Advance player. But it's a little bit like a Castlevania game okay? where you have to – you get new abilities um, and then you can go back and go to lo- areas that you couldn't explore before because you couldn't jump high enough or you didn't have the sticky boots or, you know, it's cl- classic me- Metroid Castlevania-isms. Right. Uh, but it's a really great game and it's uh, it's got the music from the original movie. It's got uh, like – the cutscenes are all sort of like pictures from the movie, and then it's all text-based. It's 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 based on the events of the the Nightmare Before Christmas film, obviously. So you fight a bunch of like Oogie Boogie's bugs, and then at the very end you fight the Oogie Boogie Man. So I would I mean it's again is the Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie? Not exactly, but uh, I'm gonna count it for this for this episode only, just because it, it's it was a fun game to play, and I'd I'd highly re- recommend uh, folks there pick it up if they can find it on the cheap. I think I found it. Two years ago, I bought it for maybe $20 on the Game Boy Advance. So it's not a super expensive game. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's uh, that's that's very uh, nice to hear that, uh, that that game exists. And I know you're a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Oh, yeah. So. Huge. Well, not huge, but I love I love that franchise. You're, pretty, well. you're a pretty big fan. Pretty big. I have a few <laughs> I have a few like little figures in my basement and I have one video game based on the movie. So <laughs> it's only like an hour long. So it's not yeah, that yeah. hard to get into. So I have another game here. It's uh. I don't know. Do you remember Lemmings, Neil? Yeah, I remember the... I didn't know they had a Christmas game, though. They do have a Christmas game. It's called Christmas or Holiday Lemmings. Mm. And it was released for the Amiga in 1993. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the Amiga. Big fan. But yeah, it's... uh, Kind of, you know, you're uh, you're you're guiding your lemmings safely through a level that is still intact on uh, on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a game that kind of gives you a whole host of holiday themed puzzles to play. Okay, and um, you know, you you try or you you watch your your lemmings die trying, which often happens. <laughs> they get run over by the Polar Express that comes by. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing Santa outfits, which is you know very cute. cute. Yeah, but it's 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 uh it's funny because like looking at that gameplay, uh. And then just looking at the Home Alone gameplay, mm-hmm. which was released two years before. Yeah. yeah the Amiga was uh, not necessarily up to Sega Genesis standards. No, the Amiga was not built to last. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not a robust machine at all. Yeah. All right, cool. Next on my list I have is uh, Arkham Origins. Oh, yes. I have that on my list too. Oh, cool. Nice. Did you did you play the Arkham Origins game? I did. I played the entire thing and it all takes place on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh, man. Arkham Origins is so good. So the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, and Arkham Knight, I did not say those games in the correct order, <laughs> uh, is uh, the trilogy, obviously, from uh, Rocksteady. That's just a really good trilogy of games. I love the Batman games, all of them. And this is kind of like the stepchild of that franchise. Yes, it was developed it was by... Me- by a different developer, right? It was made by WB Montreal, so yes. it's not considered part of the trilogy, which is such a shame because it's so fun. Um, yeah, it's fun. A, a lot of people didn't like it, unfortunately, yeah. but it's a really fun game. It's di- it's just different enough that you notice it, but if no one told you it wasn't developed by Rocksteady, I don't think anybody would know. Yeah. But yeah, it's got different voice actors. It didn't have Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. It had uh, Troy Baker doing Joker and... Uh, I can't remember now who. Wait, did did Kevin Conroy do Batman still in that one? I'm trying to I remember. Don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I don't remember. Damn, it's been so many years. I think I bought that game. I bought that game at launch actually in 2014. Rings a bell. I, that was one of the first games that I think I ever pre-ordered. Oh yeah, Be- 
Yeah, because you and I, Mike, we took a bit of a break from games in high school. I didn't buy almost any games in high school. And then that was around the time when I was really getting back into video games was like 2014, the holiday. And uh, I remember seeing trailers for that game at E3 thinking, oh, man, a Batman game's coming out and I have money to pre-order. So I pre-ordered that, played it to death. And yeah, like you said, it all takes place on Christmas Eve. It's all one night which is very neat. And mm. it's just a really good Batman and Joker story. I think a lot of people did miss that game because it, was, it wasn't it was the same game as Arkham City. Um, but if you can find it for... I think that game is pretty cheap no matter what console you find it on. But I'd highly recommend playing that. Great Christmas yeah. game. Um, Gotham at Christmas time is not very cheerful, but it's it's still fun nonetheless. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a blast playing it. it uh, mm. I, I had it for PS3 uh, as well. And I got that for, I think, my birthday or Christmas or something. Nice. But yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and Joker doesn't come in in that game until way later, right? Because you're you're supposed to think it's a different villain the entire time. I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. All right, that was a game off my list. What's a game on your list? Well, this is technically uh, not a game, not a Christmas game, but um, it is uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, <laughs> released for the SNES okay. 1996. So I'm not sure how many people have played the Donkey Kong Country games, but... Neil and I obviously have. We love mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. And on Donkey Kong Country 3, uh, if you enter the secret code Mary during the file selection screen, you'll turn the game into a true Christmas delight. Uh, and so all the oh. bonus levels now start playing Christmas music. And you're collecting bells and presents instead of stars and bananas. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I played that game real quick. I think I picked it up from a value village a few, like a long time ago and I played through it quickly. I didn't really get a chance to enjoy it or check out all the extra stuff. That's really neat. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, I thought it was a kind of uh, cool little uh, tidbit. Yeah, when I I didn't know that either until I did some research on Christmas games and just the history of Christmas games, mm-hmm. and I saw this on the list. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, Rareware. I got to give a shout out now just to to piggyback off that. Rareware are fantastic at putting Christmassy themed levels into their games, even if the games aren't Christmas themed. I don't know if they've ever made a Christmas specific game, but they made uh, Banjo Kazooie. And there's a Christmas level called Freezy Peak in Banjo-Kazooie yes. 1. And that is such a fun level. Like there's Christmas trees you have to collect jiggies on. And there's a giant snowman. There's Christmas music playing. It's just a fun level. Um, just a little part of the game that's just nice and Christmas themed. Um, shout out to Banjo-Kazooie is one of my favorite Christmas games. <laughs> well, I was going to say like another great Christmas level is in Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, yeah. The, the, the snowy level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I always, I always kind of like going down there and you have the little like big round guys who, who, who race you. Uh, I thought that was such a cool uh, experience uh, and not necessarily Christmassy, but just kind of like a winter theme. Yeah. My, I had that as well. Like Mario Kart and Diddy Kong racing on N64. They each had winter levels, which yeah, they're winter levels. They're not exactly Christmassy, but there's something about them that just still feels Christmassy because they, yeah, have, for they, sure. have, they have the sleigh bells and the soundtracks and it's snowing and there's like little villages. It looks like they're all nice, warm and warm and toasty in their little cottages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got I got one more game on my list. How many more do you have? I have one more too. I have a uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer on Wii. <laughs> you heard of this game? <laughs> no, I haven't. But I want to. So the 1964 classic, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the puppet. It's kind of creepy now. I love that movie, but it had a video game on Wii. I saw it at the video game store a few years ago and thought it looked hilarious. It was only like eight bucks. I didn't pick mm-hmm. it up. But then the Game Grumps made a video about it. So they've, they've done, it's just a collection of mini games, uh, based around Christmas, you know, balancing gifts and, and going down snow hills or snowball fights or whatever. But uh, it's just a little cheap ripoff of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on Wii that can probably go missed. But, um, I don't know. I just thought that was a funny Christmas tie-in game. I don't know. I never saw those games on the shelf new. I I always think that too, right? Like where were those games? I don't know. I keep finding all these weird Wii games thinking like, I never saw these like at EB games behind the counter, like next to Call of Duty, but (laughs) they show up in droves in the used game shelf. Like where were parents buying these games from? (laughs) Must've been like Sears catalogs or something, dude. I don't know. Even like the Pol- something like the Polar Express, like it, it never it never had like a huge E3 showing for the Polar Express, but it, it, there it was in your holiday magazine from Scholastic Book Orders or whatever. It was like, hey, buy the Polar Express for from every console ever made. <laughs> I don't know where they were coming from, but someone was making them and buying them. Anyway, what's your last game on your list? Okay, well, my last games technically, but I'm mm-hmm. just going to say game here are Elf Bowling. Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> so Elf Bowling, it was a just I think it was just a computer game okay. that came out first. 
uh, and it just was, you literally were just Santa Claus throwing, I guess, I don't know what you're throwing, but you're, you're knocking down elves. Elves are the pins. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Elves that weren't doing their job. I thought you were going to be throwing elves at pins, but it's, pin, it's ball. You're throwing a ball at elves. Yeah. Or, or sorry. I think it's a frog that that's going. Oh, it's I like Ribbit King. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is like Ribbit King. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> In elf bowling, the elves of Santa's workshop are on strike due to overwork from the huge demand for Christmas toys. So Santa <laughs> Claus has decided to whip them into shape by using them as bowling pins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing motivates your team more than uh, threatening them. Right. <laughs> Mortal fear. Oh yeah. The, the elves do a little dance called elf, elf baby, like ice, ice baby. <laughs> mm, very clever. <laughs> but this is what's interesting to me. So, I knew about this game, um, Elf Bowling One and Two, on the game on the Game Boy Advance and on the Nintendo DS. Okay, it was released by Ignition Entertainment, and apparently, this is an unauthorized release of this game uh, because Endstorm, who made this game before, they had the copyright of it, mm-hmm. and so they went. They had like a big legal battle, and actually, when you go on Wikipedia and you Google Elf Bowling. Uh, there's like this weird kind of gray box that comes up and it says unauthorized and without permission from copyright and trademark owner, which is like, I've never seen that. It's very strange. I'm just looking it up right now. Play as Santa knock down elves this, this coming Christmas in fun bowling sports video game for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it was universally panned. People thought it was, uh, it was terrible and it's often on. And the, actually the reason I found this was I found it on the list of worst video games of all time. I mean, did anybody have high hopes for elf bowling? <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, on Metacritic, it has a 12 out of 100. And I don't Oof. think I've ever seen something with a 12. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Okay, according to Google users, 93% of people like this video game. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, and, and it keeps going, Neil. I, I, oh, okay. This just keeps going deeper. Uh, a film based on the games was, was released in 2007. What? Titled Elf Bowling the Movie. <laughs> the, great, <laughs> the Great North full elf strike what <laughs> and it features the voices of tom kenny no way <laughs> what spongebob's in this uh neil and i will watch this later and we will tell you what we think of it it's an hour and 22 minutes i'm more interested in this now than anything we've talked about today <laughs> see this is why i wanted to save this for last yeah this is a great way to end it oh my god i this is my favorite christmas game and movie now <laughs> i can't wait to watch this budget of 6.5 million i must know more as Neil is looking that up, there are many other elf bowling games for whatever reason. Seven. There's seven elf bowling seven games. games. Uh, and there's also elf bowling Hawaiian vacation where elf bowling is uh, take, takes place in exotic places. I love one of the first comments on IMDb. Seriously, how did this film get greenlit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is so funny. Sorry. Uh, uh I I don't have any uh I don't have anything else to say for for elf bowling. Oh my god, I can't wait to see this movie now, Mike. But if you had to recommend <laughs> any of these video games including the Polar Express, uh which which Christmas game do you think uh, fans should pick up? Uh, I'd probably recommend Home Alone for the Sega Genesis. Uh I know that's uh, I know okay. we're not supposed to recommend things that are not Nintendo oh. uh and not GameCube, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh honestly, Home Alone looks really good. Like and it looks fun. Uh and I mean, uh, Arkham Origins as well, uh, I'd say, uh, would be a, a fun one to pick up too. But uh, yeah, Home Alone looks uh, looks like a fun game to play if you're into some of that uh, some of that Christmas nostalgia. Nice. I would probably have to say Arkham Origins would be my favorite Christmas game. I mean, I know it's not like a Santa Claus and, and very cheerful game, but uh, it is a fun game to play. It's just a, a good story and yeah. fun gameplay. That's, that's a really fun game to play. Um, that, that'd be mine because I know that most people that play video games – for a main hobby, aren't picking up uh, elf bowling. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know, Neil. I made it ever. It's up there. Mike, before we close out the episode, I just want to say I did put out a poll this week about peeling bananas. I didn't get a chance to say that up front at the beginning of the episode. I asked everybody out there, how do you peel a banana by the horn or by the butt? Uh, 63% of people peel the banana by the horn and 37% uh, peel the banana the correct way. (laughs) <laughs> by the butt by the butt so i'm not happy with those results but... yeah i'm upset but i'm glad that's not 50 50 again so me too i can't deal with another 50 50 split and uh next week we will announce the results of our die hard christmas poll yes look for that and mm-hmm. uh please um vote and uh don't let us down please go out and vote mike let the let, why don't we let the listeners now know what they can expect on episode 30.5 side mission 2 next week 
side mission too. So as you know, we did have one side mission before this. We had a little um, side mission with, what was it, Neil? Oh, Games on the Road. Yep. We talked about Games on the Road. And this mm-hmm. one, we will be talking about the podcast and a recap of 2020. We're just going to be taking you through some of our favorite moments of the podcast this year and some of our favorite things that have happened in 2020. I know it's been an interesting year at best. Does anybody have any favorites of 2020? That's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We launched a podcast, Neil, and um, yep. and we think we should take the, the listeners through the episodes that they might have missed, mm-hmm. talk about some of the highlights, and uh, maybe that'll get some people to go back and listen to some of these older episodes. Yeah, maybe. That sounds like a lot of fun. And we're gonna, yeah, like you said, we're going to talk about a few of our favorite video games, movies, TV shows, music, whatever comes up. It's going to be a very just, uh, you know, organic conversation between Mike and I just to kind of talk about the year's end and, and wrap up the podcast. And and yeah, we're going to be doing a couple of these side mission episodes uh, throughout the rest of December, just so while we take a break a little bit, uh, take a break from GameCube researching and playing and just uh, let, let you guys uh, get to know us a little bit better outside of GameCube games. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And we will be back episode 31, January 7th, and that is going to be, I think that's January 7th, right? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't that, know. That, whatever that, that Thursday is, and it's going to be all about the Mario Party games. So don't worry, we're going to be back in a big way with the AAA episode. Sweet. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 30 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. Write us reviews, positive or negative. We may read them on the podcast. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. Check out our new website, thegamecubeiscool.com. Follow us on social media, download the show, and shop in our store. Share us with your friends, family, and Santa Claus. Tell Santa, Neil and Mike say hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Put out some cookies for Santa, too. Put out some cookies for Santa, damn it, and some carrots for the reindeer. (laughs) See you later. Bye.